everyone. Welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Monday, January 23rd. Um, we're coming up to the end of uh, <laughs> of January, the, the first month of conference season, or at least the first full month, I should say. Um, as always, I'm, I'm your host. I'm the manager of BT Powerhouse, Thomas Bendit. And we have a lot to talk about um, tonight. We haven't had a podcast here in, in a week maybe almost two weeks. So apologize again for that. It's just the schedule has been crazy. So it's been really hard to get on here and, and really hard to get on here and have guests, <laughs> uh, so to speak. But we do have an exciting show tonight. Um, I know I say that every time, but really there is a lot going on. Um, you know, this is the heart of the, the conference basketball season. But as always, as, I, as I've said the last couple, you know, we're going to have a set format moving forward. So um, we're going to start with uh, the top of the conference and, and sort of work our way down um, through the tiers. So let, let's start with the top. Um, the big, or, or you know what, I, I should say that that's the next part, but the first, the first one is what's on our mind recently. Um, I, I'd say the big thing for me, and um, I don't know if we're going to dive into this as much later with, with some of our guests, but um, Northwestern, uh, I, I feel like, for much of this year, they've been kind of skidding by under the radar. Not many people have been talking about them nationally, but that is not the case anymore. Northwestern has officially turned into a national story, and that's because they are on track to make the NCAA tournament. Frankly, they're not only on track to make the NCAA tournament, they're on track to make it comfortably. And I know that may be shocking to hear. I know everybody, every Northwestern fan right now is probably cursing me listening to listening to this because, you know, they don't want me to uh, direct this run uh, <laughs> with some positive commentary. But, you know, the truth is, is, you know, we have to call it how we see it. And Northwestern right now is playing like an NCAA tournament team. They're playing like a pretty solid seeded NCAA tournament team. And right now, as long as they make it through this next week, go at least one in one, um, and this next week here, they get Nebraska this Thursday at home, Indiana on Sunday at home. Both they're favored in both games. Um, frankly, pretty significant fa- uh, favorite against Nebraska. Solid favorite against Indiana. Um, so I mean, if they can go at least one and one, and certainly if they go two and two, you move into the category where it's going to take a collapse for them to miss it, um, and you just get into you know kind of where do you want to be seated at that point. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but you know, I, I say that's the big story on the big 10 right now. Uh, at least that's what I'm thinking about coming off the weekend. I am, I, I did an article on btpowerhouse.com earlier this morning. If you want to check it out, please do. It's, uh, you know, me buying or selling on different big 10 teams or theories. And I am buying Northwestern as an NCAA tournament team. And I'm, I'm going to lay out my scenario for why. I believe that. And let, let's start with the obvious. Northwestern is 16 and four. They're five and two in the big 10. Their only losses. They have, you know, they have four losses, obviously three are away from home. The only home one is to a pretty good Minnesota team. Certainly a, a really good Minnesota team in terms of the RPI. <clears throat> and the other ones are at Michigan state at Butler and then on a neutral court versus Notre Dame. Butler and Notre Dame are certainly good teams. They're 
I, w- I would be pretty surprised if they didn't make the NCAA tournament or certainly were a, a good seed in the NCAA tournament. I still think Michigan State's going to end up making it. Minnesota's well on track as well to make it. So you're talking about four losses with three on the road. Well, not on the road, but away from home against NCAA tournament competition. That That's a really good achievement just right there. You know, only having four losses and we're sitting uh, – on January 23rd. After that, they have quality wins. You know, they got a Texas win on a neutral court. They got Wake Forest. They got Dayton on a neutral court. Um, They got a road win at Penn State, a road win at Nebraska. They just beat Iowa at home. And they got maybe their best win of the season. I don't think that it's their best RPI win of the season, but um, arguably their best win of the season on Sunday against Ohio State on the road. And the thing is, is you start looking at that, that's a really nice resume. That's an NCAA tournament resume. And again, I'm not, I'm not talking about them contending for a number one seed here or something. Clearly that's not a good enough resume for that. But in terms of NCAA tournament qualification, that's a really good resume. And the thing is, is then you move to the next half of the schedule. And if you're like me, I always set the barometer at that 20 win mark. I know it's an outdated concept. I know it's not perfect. I know you can get into the schedule strength and whatnot, but I, I generally think that 20 win mark is a good one because you know if you hit 20 wins, you're going to be in the picture, you know, and you're going to have a shot coming into the Big Ten tournament. So they need four more wins to get to 20 at this point. They have, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Sorry, I should have knew that before, but <laughs> they have 11 remaining games so theoretically they could lose seven of their next 11 still finish with 20 wins in the regular season so if you just start and and i know this is always a dangerous game trying to predict the schedule but they get purdue on the road they get wisconsin on the road they get indiana on the road i'm sorry i know they have a shot to win those games certainly indiana is not looking like the powerhouse we thought they were before the season i'm just going to assume those three are losses so really you know, you take off three, they have eight games left on the schedule that are not kind of those, I don't want to say unwinnable, but in a sense, realistically, they're unwinnable games. So they got eight games left. So they got to go 500 in those games. As I mentioned earlier, they get Nebraska and Indiana at home. They get Illinois at home, you know, a rivalry game. They get Maryland at home. They get Rutgers at home. They get Illinois on the road. And then they get Michigan and Purdue at home. They are favored by Ken Palm in six games that are remaining. Um, Yeah, they are. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Again, I should have looked at this earlier. Um, I did, but for some reason I'm forgetting it now. Um, They're favored in seven games that are left on the schedule and they have 49% odds to win Purdue. So basically a coin flip. So the thing is, is you look at that, they have outstanding odds to win. Uh, I shouldn't say outstanding, but they have really good odds to win all of those games. You know, the their lowest percentile of those seven games they're favored in is 57%, and that's on the road at Illinois, who cert. I mean, that game's in late February. Illinois season could be over at that point, I mean, realistically. Uh, and then, I mean, you get a finale with Purdue at home, which certainly if, if they perform over the next couple of weeks, 
that could be sort of the the cherry on top and, and guarantee them an NCAA tournament appearance. But I, I just think you look at that, you look how this team has performed so far, and it, it's really tough to find a way Northwestern doesn't make it, barring complete collapse here. And that's why, you know, this game against Nebraska this week is huge. Um, beating Indiana is huge because that gives you a little leeway here. Um, showing up in the rivalry games against Illinois. And obviously, you cannot, cannot lose to Rutgers at home in uh, mid-February. But like I said, I, I, you know, this is sort of becoming a national story and for good reason. You know, Northwestern has obviously never made the NCAA tournament. But um, it's just barring a collapse, I, I think we're at the point now where we have to consider them a likely NCAA tournament team at this point. Um, and it's crazy, but I think the streak's ending this year. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, but so I, I'd say that's the big, the big uh, story that's, that's rolling on as far as the Big Tens. But let's jump into our, our second segment here is where we kind of work top down. Um, I was trying to get a little early start, I guess. Um, but we'll, we'll start with the top. And uh, I think there are four teams that have clearly separated themselves. I know that isn't necessarily uh, reflected by the advanced stats, but realistically, um, I think Wisconsin, Maryland, Purdue, and Northwestern have established themselves as the Big Ten's top tier at this point. I think Indiana has a shot to get back in there if they trend up, but I am not buying into the Indiana just yet, considering how rough of a start they had to conference play. And um, certainly, I mean, they almost went down to Penn State last week, but I would say uh, um, it's a uh, it's an inter- interesting uh, layout. You know, Maryland just keeps finding ways to win. Um, and the big the big story last week was Wisconsin. I thought they had a very intriguing week. You know, from a raw statistical perspective, they were projected to. I, I want to say they were projected to split. They got Michigan at home. Um, oh no, they were projected to. Uh, well, they were favored in both games at tip-off. I'll put it that way. Um, and then they had a, a road game at Minnesota on Saturday, which was actually BT Powerhouse's game of the week earlier on. But I, I thought they, they were both dangerous games. As I said, I, I viewed that Michigan game as a trap game, and that Minnesota one as a premier marquee game for the Big Ten. Um, I think it lived up to the hype, and Michigan nearly took down Wisconsin as well very dangerous one, but Wisconsin gets through both those two games now and things are looking pretty good for for the Badgers. I know you never want to assume anything, certainly not in this year's big 10, but um, you know, I'll I'll just give you an outlay of their next couple of weeks here on the schedule. Uh, They get Penn state at home and Rutgers on a, in Madison square garden this week. They are mega favorites in both those games. It'd be pretty surprising if they lost to either. Then they follow that with a road game at Illinois, always dangerous, but certainly they're a better team than Illinois. Um, they follow that with a home game against Indiana. And again, I'm, I'm going to keep noting this because the streak keeps building, but it's been over a year now since Wisconsin's lost at home. Uh, until they do, you kind of just have to pencil them in for a W every time. Uh, they follow that with a road game at Nebraska. I know Nebraska had the two really impressive road games against Indiana and Maryland earlier 
uh, well, I guess the Indiana game was in December, but really at the beginning of, of January here around New Year's, but they have not played particularly well over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think that uh, they, they really haven't played the same since Morrow left the lineup. Um, and I, I think it's kind of a return to reality moment here for the Huskers, but I'll get to them in a second. But um, yeah, you, you have to, you have to think Wisconsin's going to go in there and grab a win. And then they follow that up with Northwestern at home. And uh, this is the stretch where I actually think Wisconsin has a real shot. And again, I, I'm just going to keep throwing out this language. You never want to predict anything because frankly, everything is unpredictable in this year's big 10. But I think that, that late February stretch where they get Michigan on the road, Maryland at home, Ohio state on the road, Michigan state on the road within two weeks. I think that's the stretch where they're probably going to split like two and two or something like that. Um, But I I have a hard time seeing Wisconsin finishing with more than four big 10 losses. I just don't see it to be honest, Um, unless they stumble at home, which certainly uh, I know some Purdue fans were, were hopeful after that, that Michigan game and stuff. And they kind of saw some, uh, some cracks showing for the Badgers, I guess, but um, I just don't see it. I, I think they're going to win out at home personally. And I think it's just going to be about who can pick, how many times will they get picked off on the road? And I don't think any of the road teams are going to do it until that mid to late February thing where, you know, they get to two Michigan schools, they get Ohio state on the road. I think those teams are capable enough and should have uh, theoretically big enough home crowds to, to get the job done. Um, and, you know, if there is a team that's going to pick them off at home, I think it will obviously either be Indiana or Maryland, but, but we'll see. So I, I'm still with Wisconsin as, as your Big Ten title favorite. I don't think that's a crazy opinion for anyone. Um, I do think, though, um, and as much as I was on Northwestern earlier, I don't think they're a serious Big Ten title contender. I think the schedule is going to bite them in the second half here, and, and they're going to kind of fade. But I do think Maryland is a legitimate threat. I do think Purdue is absolutely a legitimate threat. And frankly, I've said this a few times, but I think Purdue is the best team in the conference. I know I don't think they're going to finish with the best record. I don't think they're going to win the championship, but I do for my money. I think they're the best team in the conference. Um, I think they showed that when they played Wisconsin, I think they've showed it, you know, at their best, they are the best team. And I I think the difference is Wisconsin has the consistency they got that presence on the road. You know, they're so experienced as a team. Um, they play such mistake-free basketball most of the time. Um, I think that's the difference for them. But as far as, far as Maryland goes, um, the schedule is very manageable. They're going to have to eke out some more games on the road. They're going to have to pull off another upset or two at home. But, uh, but I, I really do think that um, they are in this picture and I, I think Purdue is as well, just due to the fact that, as I said, I think they're the best team. So the Big Ten title race is not over just yet. Uh, don't don't clock out, <laughs> so to speak. But I, I do think Wisconsin clearly has the inside track. And barring a complete surprise over the next couple of weeks, I, I think they're going to come into that late February section having a, a pretty solid lead. Um, but moving into the, the middle group here, um, I do. I don't want to hit on these teams too in depth because we have uh, Adam Biggers from FanRag Sports. We're going to hit on two of the Michigan teams uh, a little bit later, but I want to hit on some of the other teams first. 
the big two I want to hit on as far as the middle section goes are Minnesota and Indiana. Um, first, Indiana, they got some rough news. Um, I want to say, oh, what, a half week ago on Friday or so? Uh, OG Anobi is out for the season. Huge loss. The guy had insane upside. I think a lot of people see him still as a first-round draft pick. We'll, we'll have to see how that shakes out. But a huge loss for the team. And, you know, it, it really is going to put the pressure on James Blackman. It's really going to put the pressure on Thomas Bryant. Um, those guys are going to have to step up, you know, for better or worse. And uh, Morgan as well, you know, he's going to have to come in there at that four. He's going to have to play time at the three um, and fill in some of those minutes for Anobi. uh with him out of the lineup, but I did think they showed some nice fight last week. You know, Penn state frankly was a little bit lucky to come back in that game. Um, Indiana, Indiana looked like they were well in control um, for most of it. And barring a very late collapse, it, that game should not have been as close as it, as it ended up being. Um, But Indiana did still grab the win and, kind of the same story with the Michigan state game for Indiana, you know, they smacked them around uh, for really the whole first half and a good hunk of the second half too. And Michigan state just started clawing at it. They just did work the dirty work on the boards, um, brought it down and made it pretty competitive in in the last five minutes or so. But Indiana again, gets the win. Um, And now they move into one of the most intriguing weeks of the season for them. They get two road games this week. They get Michigan on Thursday and Northwestern on Sunday. They are figured to be an underdog in both games, but both are certainly in the winnable category. I think, uh, frankly, I I think they could win both if they play well enough. They show a little improved play. And, uh, you know, Michigan has shown they're vulnerable at home. As much as I just talked up Northwestern, you know, Northwestern doesn't have a ton of top-end wins. So, you know, maybe Indiana can come in there and and surprise them in one of the less intimidating road environments in the Big Ten. Um, So I I do think Indiana's in a place to make a little bit of run here. You know, they follow up those two with Penn State at home, and then um, they do get get a pretty rough uh, couple of games after that with Wisconsin on the road and Purdue at home. But um, they could build on this three-game win streak. I wouldn't be shocked if they could add three more. Um, and really get themselves back in the top end of the Big Ten picture, solidify their NCAA tournament resume. It'll be interesting to see, um, but the, the Hoosiers, they look like they're at least fighting off the, the James Blackman injury pretty well. Um, the other team I wanted to hit on briefly here, Minnesota, lost three in a row. They, they've lost nail biters to Penn State and Wisconsin here over the last week and a half or so. Um, and then before that, you know, blown out on the road at Michigan State. But I think uh, I wouldn't panic on the Gophers. You know, every team has their down stretch. I anticipate they will turn around here. But uh, two big games this week. They get Ohio State on the road on Wednesday, Maryland at home on Saturday. I think they have to win at least one if they want to get this sh- really avoid a slide. Um, the good news is the schedule gets easier for them here over the last month or so. Um, of the season. So I, I wouldn't panic as far as Minnesota goes, but um, we do have a, a special guest though, to help us break down a couple of the other middle tier teams here in the big 10. That's uh, Adam Biggers from FanRag sports. Adam, how's it going? I'm doing well, Thomas. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. We're uh, 
I'm, I'm diving into some of the, the middle of the Big Ten teams here, and uh, obviously there are two that are close to your heart. That's Michigan and Michigan State. Um, let, let, let's just start with the obvious. Huge week coming up here for both sides. Um, what are, what are your, kind of your thoughts on where the teams have been trending um, and, and what this week is going to mean for both? I think for a, a few different reasons, you know, and, and we could go into them in, in a little bit later, I guess, but for a few different reasons, this, especially January in particular for for Michigan State, I really thought at the beginning of the month that this was going to be one of the most difficult Januarys for Tom Mizzo. Um, I had brought that up to him. He he agreed, and, and you know, given the, the – and they sound like excuses, you know, about the youth of his team, and there are plenty of teams who – uh, you know, have a lot of young players, but the youth and the injuries, it's just not something that he's had to deal with all at once, and especially with a young team. And, you know, you're mentioning a team, you know, like Minnesota that has ups and downs. I think Michigan State's one of those teams that has ups and downs too. We've seen we've seen high level from the Spartans to, that makes you think that, okay, that they're, they're a, a team that can compete. And then there's other times where, you know, they just look ultimately outclassed like they did uh, this past a weekend at Indiana, you know, uh, despite that strong surge at the end of the game. I mean, I don't think there was really any doubt who the more skillful and quicker, you know, whatever talented team, however you want to describe it. I mean, Indiana was that Michigan state wasn't, it was, it was a huge week for the Spartans. I mean, Purdue at home and then uh, Michigan um, Sunday at home as well. And I think, I mean, it's, I, I don't, I don't know where to start. I mean, if you're Michigan state, I mean, Purdue, you lose at home to Purdue and then you have a three game losing streak and you're hosting Michigan. I mean, that game becomes magnified. It's a big game regardless, just for both of the teams because it's an in-state rivalry. But I, I really think that this, this week is, I don't think Michigan, I think Michigan state's on the outside looking in as far as, you know, making a run and, and winning the big 10. But I mean, this week could really do it, especially lost to Purdue, I think would pretty much uh, almost mathematically, and schedule-wise, you know, you look at how many games are lost, who they're playing, and make it nearly impossible for the Spartans to win the Big Ten if they lost to Purdue, and then even to Michigan. So this this is a big week for the Spartans, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and let me let me ask you this, and, and see if you agree. I uh, I for me, Michigan State, this is the most important week of the entire season. Um, you know, not only because you know they need a marquee win, which they could get against Purdue. They need, you know, they just need quality wins, which they would get another one against Michigan if they win. But also, you know, the spiritual perspective here, you know, beating Michigan, obviously that's that's a huge win for the Spartan fan base. Uh, all the players certainly want to get a win uh, against the Wolverines. But um, I don't, I don't think Michigan State, even with that, I don't think they can play themselves into the tournament this week. But would you agree that if they do lose these two? it's going to be really tough for them to make it in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think as I stand now, I mean, you're looking at Michigan state as like probably like a 10 seed, you know I mean? Just, just eye test right now. And if, if, if the word to end today, um, and not only this, not only the rest of the month too, I mean, just looking ahead at the couple games after that, then it's at Nebraska and then at Michigan. So really, I mean, these next four games are, are huge uh, and every game is important as you know, but yeah, I, I could definitely, uh, see a case for this being the most important week for Michigan State on on multiple levels. I mean, you mentioned you know the morale, the spiritual uh, kind of thing of it. I mean, you you want you want that big home win. You want the win over your rivals. They can get you. They can get both of those 
um, the marquee win. They can they could take care of a lot of, uh, I guess, maybe hush some doubts or take what take care of loose ends, whatever you want to say. They they can make some sort of statement this week with a couple wins. No no doubt about that. Uh, but it's I I really have a hard time seeing Michigan State beating Purdue. Um, I believe tomorrow night, and then like I said, I mean Michigan. I mean it could be a toss up. We saw Michigan play probably some of its best basketball in the, in the past few years, really, um, if you think about it, during that 68-64 loss to Wisconsin. You know, they just ran out of gas at the end, and and uh, I think they proved, Michigan proved a lot against Illinois. I mean, we'll see what we'll see what they do against it. They have Indiana next, so that'll be a big game. I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's gut check on multiple levels for Michigan and Michigan State. So, so, so many levels. How long do you have, I guess? <laughs> That's the question here. We can talk about it. Um, we'll, we'll jump to Michigan in a second, but one other question I wanted to ask about this Michigan State-Purdue game. Uh, huge showdown in East Lansing on Tuesday night. Um, this will actually be the first time Caleb Swanigan, former Michigan State commit, uh, you know, with one of the more dramatic recruitments in recent years, uh, plays in East Lansing uh, as a Boilermaker. Um, do you anticipate anything out of this, or do you think it's kind of the time for that has already passed? Well, par- pardon th- these cheesy jokes, but I, I, have to, I have to serve them up. We'll see what uh, Chef, <laughs> Chef Caleb has cooking, and we'll see what's on the menu for Michigan State there. I'm trying to be funny uh, with that whole personal chef thing. Um <laughs> I, you know what I'm really most interested in, and this is this is kind of big picture stuff, and this is going to say a lot about, I mean, Michigan State. I, it's weird we're to, we've we've done it, you know, in 2015, I think late January, early February, early February, we we're talking about Michigan State being a bubble team. They go to the Final Four that year, just out of the blue, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's really weird to talk about Michigan State, and because you you know in the back of your mind you're like, okay, well you can't totally write off the Spartans, but I mean it it doesn't look great. Um, Thomas, and, and I'll say this: that I think what's going to say a lot about Michigan State and what it's going to be able to do this year, see, of its big man. I mean, let's face it: if Nick Ward was able to play a complete game, um, maybe they beat Ohio State instead of lose by what was it, seventy-two to sixty-seven or something like that. You know? Yeah. Maybe maybe they come out of there with a win. We got to see what Nick Ward can do when he doesn't get in foul trouble, and and, and you almost, I mean, you know, he's going to be on Caleb and. I mean, Biggie, Biggie Swanigan is Biggie Swanigan for a reason. He's he's quickly emerging as one of the better players in the country. I think he's just put on the Oscar uh, Robertson watch list. And if if Nick Ward's not careful, Swanigan's going to get him frustrated early. And it's nothing for Nick Ward to pick up two fouls in 30 seconds, 60 seconds. It's happened a couple times this year before. To get him in early foul trouble, and who, who else is going to be there? I mean, it, it's going to be pound per due pound in the paint, you know, for, for 40 minutes. And that's that's what Michigan State has to avoid. And that, I think this game, not only win or lose, you got to see what Nick Ward does. If Nick Ward gets himself in foul trouble and just, and just can't hang with Caleb Swanigan, I think uh, I think that's going to say a lot about, you know, how, how Michigan State is going to be able to uh, maybe navigate through the tournament. I mean, we've seen up and down play from the guards. But, I mean, if it can get at least some kind of consistency from the guards and develop an inside game, that gives them a better chance than no inside game and inconsistency from the guards. So, I, I, I think, you know, picture-wise, picture this game against Purdue is going to say a lot about Michigan State. It's going to say a lot about Nick Ward. 
Yeah, yeah. Talk about the the pressure of watching tape for that matchup. I mean, uh, Caleb Swanigan has just been phenomenal this year. I know uh, I hate to say things are wrapped up or something, but barring something surprising, I think he's the Big Ten player of the year by a mile. I mean, I don't know if I I remember one this uh, this easy to pick. It certainly doesn't seem like it's been that way for a while. Um, now, I guess the Kaminsky year was, was pretty easy. But, um, but yeah, should be a lot of pressure on the, the young freshman there trying to check Swan again. Um, but moving to Absolutely. the other. And, and oh, oh, go real ahead. quick, I, I was going to say, too, well, hold on. I think I just, I just lost my, uh, my train of thought. In the beginning of the season, it was before it was before big time play started, and I was just looking at a start. I, I watched Peter Jack. I thought, I mean, Peter Jack had great numbers. He could do every, you know, great rebounders, scores all different kinds of ways. But no, I, my my mind has been completely changed. And I'm not saying that Peter Jack isn't a good player because he's a very good player. There's a few very good players in the big time, but I'm with you. There, until someone until someone says otherwise, I, I don't see anybody who has a, you know is more deserving of big 10 player of the year. And what we're only seven, you know, seven games into the, into the conference schedule, almost halfway. And it's, it's pretty, yeah, I agree. It's pretty much runaway with Caleb Swanigan. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a, um, I don't expect it to be unanimous or anything, but I think it'll be a pretty, pretty dominating. Uh, decisive. Yeah. It, was, it, it should be decisive. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving to the other team in the mitten state here, uh, Another, you know, a huge week for the Wolverines. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, they, they played well against Wisconsin on the road. They end up falling short. Uh, you know, Bronson Koenig ends up hitting a huge shot at the end, as usual. Uh, seems like uh, the Badgers get the win. But Michigan rebounds. Um, they, they only win by nine against Illinois, but I think that score was pretty deceptively close. It was never really competitive. Michigan ran away with it pretty early. Um, but oh, now yeah. they re- now they follow it up. They get Indiana at home on Thursday in a very uh, winnable, losable game. It's a coin flip. And then they go on the road to East Lansing on Sunday, as we've mentioned, against the Spartans. Uh, I don't know if this week's as big for Michigan as it is for Michigan State, but uh, certainly seems like a huge week. And, and what, what are your, some of your thoughts coming in here? I, I do agree that to an extent it's probably more important for Michigan State, um, just given you know Mich- just a, a multiple factors, and, and I guess probably more or less it's um, you know we're, we're not used to talk like I said we're not used to talking about Michigan State being a fringe team. For Michigan though, um, this could be a real big week too. I mean, if you look at it. But prior to the Illinois game, and well, let's go back to at Illinois when Maverick Morgan made that comment, and and then you know we we kind of saw what he was talking about. Uh, well, we've seen it a few times, but we the timing was almost just impeccable, right? And we we saw this kind of deflation at Wisconsin, and then this Illinois game comes in, and we're like, okay, well, not only is it a conference game, but it's Maverick Morgan and, and his buddies coming into town, and everybody knows what was said, and this is going to be a stage in order for Michigan to, to kind of prove that wrong, you know, disprove the whole white collar thing. And, and I think that they did that. I mean, they were, they were tough. That was other than that stretch against Wisconsin. I'll say this is the Illinois too. I mean, this was tough basketball. I mean, offensive and de- defensive rebounds, 
We saw guys hitting the deck for loose balls. We saw we saw Mo Wagner getting physical. We saw DJ Wilson not afraid to drive to the hoop. I mean, these are all great signs for for Michigan. And both you and I know that there's plenty of talent. John Beeline has plenty of talent. He might not have the best talent in the Big Ten, but he's got he's got guys who have just these upsides that you can't ignore. And I mean, I know that DJ Wilson hasn't been the most consistent guy, but I mean, when we see some of the stuff out of DJ. You know that you know we talked in you know prior to the beginning of the season of him being an X Factor player and Mo Wagner being an X Factor player, and these guys mm-hmm. prove it when they play really well, right? So um, I think if you, if you could piggyback off this win off Illinois, you're feeling good about yourself. Hi, you know we, I mean what it was an 18, 20 point game for a lot of the time, and and this wasn't this wasn't even uh, or was it that high of a lead? I know Michigan State was down by 18, 20 to Indiana. Michigan had control you know, 90% of the time against Illinois. So to if, you, if they could piggyback off this, beat Indiana at home, I mean, that'd be, that'd be a huge win. Beat Indiana would, would definitely be a huge win. And then you're really feeling good about yourself. And all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're getting maybe that feeling that they had going, you know, playing in the Big Ten last year. We saw in the Big Ten tournament last year. We saw a really confident team last year. Um, got, I mean, Cam Chapman with that, with that game-winning shot. And I think it was against uh, – Indiana, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, maybe my yep. yeah. So I mean, you know that that kind of stuff. And obviously Cam's not around, but I mean, it, it, you you factor in maybe if they remember, hey, we felt really good about ourselves last year going to the Big Ten tournament. Maybe they have regained some kind of that that feeling. And Michigan, you know, we've heard we've heard all kinds of we've we've seen people write it. We've heard people uh, talk about it on TV. I mean, this isn't really an original idea on my or original thought on my part, but I think it's one kind of universal Michigan can be a dangerous team when Michigan runs and hits shots I don't think there's mm-hmm. really any debating that and when maybe we maybe we see rekindle John Beeline team I don't know but yeah I mean, Michigan this, this could definitely be one of those you know big catapult weeks for the for the Wolverines mm-hmm. yeah I'm with you and and just as a uh a tidbit here uh Michigan was up 21 with about five minutes to go against Illinois. Okay. Um, yeah. And, I, and, I was going to say, I knew that they had a pretty decent lead and I, and I know that, you know, Indiana, like I said, that was, that one was really never in doubt. Yeah. I mean, that they, was, they that was it, comfortable lead for those guys. Yeah. They cut it to like 16 ish. Uh, and then Michigan put it up to 18 ish with a, like two minutes left. And then they did the whole foul game to cut it down. Um, but yeah. as I said, that, that game, it was not competitive um, in the, in the closing minutes. Uh, Michigan no, that, that was a, that's a 20, that was a 20 point beat down. Uh, even though the scoreboard didn't reflect that, but yeah, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, that was a 20, that was a 20 point beat down. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely with you. The, the big reason why I would say, I don't think this week is as important for Michigan is, primarily just because the Michigan-Michigan State game is in East Lansing. And obviously, you know, protecting home court, so huge in college basketball. So that that's the big reason why I'd say. But I, I think for the most part, they're both in very similar situations. They both need a big win desperately. They both have an opportunity. You know, Michigan gets it. Well, Michigan, I guess, sort of gets two uh, because a road win uh, certainly would be more valuable than a, than a home win uh, against, you know, the Michigan-Michigan State game on Sunday. But uh, – you know, Michigan gets the Indiana opportunity on Thursday. They follow that up with Michigan State on Sunday. Um, I, I think Michigan I, – I think both these teams really need to go one-and-one one at least. Um, and an 0-2 performance on, this week for Michigan or Michigan State would just be 
disastrous for a lot of reasons. Um, and frankly, might even be a little bit too big of a hole to dig out of. Um, you know, certainly Michigan State is a little bit tougher because they do have to go to Ann Arbor, uh, I want to say, about a week after uh, the game yeah. on Sunday. And, uh, you know, whereas Michigan will get them at home later. Which but, is uh, weird how that kind of turns out for a few teams. You know, we see, you know, like, okay, just last week you were there, and now they're playing them here. You know, that, uh, that's been brought up a few times, too, just the way the scheduling it. We're seeing Michigan and Michigan State play each other within, what, a 10-day span, something like that? Yeah, and you know what? I I should take this opportunity as well, not to hold you up here, but to rant about the Big Ten scheduling. I I have so many problems (laughs) with this this scheduling, but the thing, like the two biggest things that annoy me, which I'm not going to get into my rivalry rant, but number one, not protecting double play rivalries. Michigan and Michigan State should play twice every year. Indiana Purdue should play twice, et cetera. Um, but number two is the missed opportunities on Saturdays. I don't understand. Like this week, Michigan uh, State, Indiana, and Wisconsin, Minnesota, which are both big games. They were both really important games, big name teams, both playing at the same time. And then the Big Ten doesn't have a marquee night game. I just do not understand it for the life of me. I mean, uh, you know, Obviously, you're a person, you know, like me, you go to a lot of these games live. And uh, I'm sure you know, you obviously know, big night, home game Saturday night feel is so huge for recruiting. Um, are, are you with me? Do you think they should put more of an emphasis on Saturday night games? Or am I, am I just ranting here? <laughs> no, I think, I think there's a, I think there's a lot, uh, you know, to your rant. And I think, you know, I, I, I will say this. Uh, be comfortable, Thomas, and knowing that you're not alone. And and uh, you know it's it's I don't know um, you know the exact process of you know from start to finish how the schedules are made, but I mean you you would think that this is this is something that the the schools would have some input and and yeah I mean you want you want those marquee it's a Saturday night game something like that I mean uh, I for one and this is kind of off topic I'm not a big fan of these you know. Thursday night, 9 p.m. games. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not. I understand that they're big. I understand that they're big for TV, you know, and, and that. But as for me personally, um, I'm just not. I'm just not a a big fan of it. I mean, and, and if you're gonna, I would almost rather if you're gonna have, you know, do that on a Saturday night. I mean, a nine o'clock Saturday night, yeah. a, a late game like that would be would be a lot of fun. I mean, on on a Thursday night, yeah, it's big for TV, and a, you know, Thursday nights are. Uh, you know, big bar nights and stuff like that in college towns, and I get it. But yeah, there's a lot. There are a lot of flaws. We should maybe we should sit down one day and devise the <laughs> the perfect Big Ten schedule and pitch it to the Big Ten and see see what they say. Yeah, I mean, I I know like like I know the TV deals play into this a lot. Like ESPN may move up a game. Like uh, theoretically, Indiana, Michigan State, ESPN kind of controls the start time, but. Big Ten Network is there, and Minnesota-Wisconsin was on Big Ten Network last weekend. And I just, uh, you know, I, I heard from a lot of Minnesota fans saying, you know, the atmosphere was great. It was such a great environment. And I'm like, yeah, well, imagine if that was 9 p.m. And, uh, you know, not to get a lot off topic, but, you know, the college fans are a little juiced up. Uh, <laughs> you know, the students. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, it it would have been a outstanding environment. And then not only is that just better for the fans, but 
you're bringing in your basketball recruits for those games. You're bringing in your football recruits for those games. If the Big Ten wants to sell recruiting and stuff, there's your opportunity. And it, it just it, it just irritates me because it's such a missed opportunity for like no purpose. I, I just don't get it. But um, but yeah, <laughs> that that ran aside. Um, it, it should be an interesting week. Um, do you have any uh, any final predictions here, especially for that Michigan Michigan State game on on Sunday? I do like Michigan State at home against Michigan. Um, I like Purdue uh, tomorrow night in East Lansing. As all right, for all Michigan right. and as as for Michigan and Indiana, I'm with you. I think it could be a coin flip. We'll you know we'll see. And I, you can't. I mean, going on the road, like you mentioned, it's not the same as you know holding a serve at home. But I mean, it, it would say a lot about Michigan to to win either one of these games because they're both on the road, right? So, but um, well, I, I think the Indian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Indiana's at home. So, I mean, that you got to win at home, but I mean, you go on the road um, at Michigan state and you lose that game. Okay. No harm done. It's it's a road game. Right. But I mean, I think, yeah. I just think following up Illinois right now um, and win it beat Indiana. And then it's, and I, and I hate to be a guy who switches, but then if you look at, okay, Michigan beats Indiana, then, okay, well, maybe the tables are turned a little bit. I mean, it's going to – and Michigan State loses to Purdue, then whose favorite is, is it in? I mean, that's why they, they play these games, right? And that's why we're glued to them. So, I, I, either way that we look at it, um, important week, you know, across the board for both of these for both of these uh, teams. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. It should be a great week for uh, Mitten State basketball hoops. I, I will say that, but uh, – um, Adam, thank you, thank you for joining us. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can check out your stuff? Um, you can read uh, Michigan and Michigan State basketball, Michigan football, Big Ten uh, football on FanRag Sports, and you can follow us on Twitter at FanRag Sports and at FanRag for you. And you can follow me on Twitter at AdamBiggers81, and uh, you can catch my podcast at SportsInTheMitten.com. Excellent. Big and Kid on Twitter. Excellent. Adam, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Hey, no problem. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> See you next time, man. Um, as a reminder, that was Adam Biggers. He writes for FanRag Sports. A lot of great stuff. Uh, excited to have him on here. Um, but, you know, continuing on, you know, as we were kind of diving into two teams there in the middle, um, not a ton else to talk about as far as the Big Ten middle is concerned, but I did want to hit on the bottom for a little bit. First, shout out to Rutgers. Big Ten win. First in uh, almost, well, not a season, but, you know, they had a win in, in March of last year, but only the second win in uh, what, two years or so um, in the Big Ten. But they got a home win over Nebraska. Corey Sanders came up big. Um, great to see that. Excited for uh, Steve Feichel getting a huge win there, um, at least for just emotional reasons. They'll, they'll have another couple winnable games here down the road. Um, not quite yet, but uh, that Iowa one certainly looking big on the, the last day of January. Um, but moving into uh, the other another team in the bottom that I sort of wanted to hit on here for a second, um, that's Nebraska, getting a lot of questions um, as far as what to make of them. I think that, as I said earlier, um, I just wanted to go into depth a little bit more here. I think this is a regression to the mean. I think Nebraska is uh, um, 
just just training back to reality, so to speak. I, I I don't want to call those Maryland that Maryland Indiana Iowa stretch a fluke, but I I really just I don't think it's replicable for this team. I don't think they have the talent. I don't think they have the depth to do it, especially with Morrow out too. Um, this week they they're going to get two more challenging games. They get Northwestern on the road on Thursday, Purdue at home on Sunday, and and frankly I I don't see the, the things turning around there. Um, and then they're going to follow it up with with even more challenging games after that. Uh, so I, I I really don't see things turn around for the Cornhuskers here in, in the near future. But uh, certainly fans have to be encouraged by the the one stretch and and they know it's possible at least. But uh, I, I wouldn't feel too great if you're a Husker fan right now, but we'll see, you know, it, two weeks ago, they were on top of the world. So you never know how, uh, how things are going to turn around. But, um, but with that, you know, we've sort of dove through the big 10 here and um, I did want to spend a couple minutes on, on what's going on around the country. Um, so I'm, I'm bringing on Tony. He is one of the uh, exciting followers on uh, Twitter. Um, you know, Great stuff. Uh, covers pretty much the entire country of college basketball, which is a practically a full time job here. But uh, Tony, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, Tom? Good. Happy to have you on. on. Thank you. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, so, Tony, uh, there's a lot going on in college basketball here. Um, first, props on on the work you put in and covering all these teams, just because there is so much happening. Um, but I. You know, for the Big Ten fans who have kind of been, you know, stuck in their bubble here, you know, of the Big Ten, of their own team, um, what what's going on in college basketball right now? What are some of the biggest stories that you're excited about uh, personally? Well, you know, the, the, the reason, Tom, that I love college basketball so much is the parity. You know, we don't really get that in the NBA, and uh, that's why I enjoy it so much because, you know, anything can happen on any given night and that's what makes it so exciting. So that's definitely something that I enjoy uh, covering. And also, you know, the Grayson Allen situation is very interesting. <laughs> we had another situation tonight. Um, so everybody's looking at that really hard. You know, Duke just loses again. They're, they're in shambles almost. Um, so there's a lot going on Kansas, Kentucky in a couple days. So anything you want to talk about, let me know. Yeah. Let, let's start with this Grayson Allen thing. Um, Sure. First off, uh, in terms of the jerk factor, uh, bigger jerk, Grayson <laughs> Allen, Shooter McGavin. Uh, what, what, what is your pick for bigger jerk here? <laughs> <laughs> I still got to go with Shooter, but uh, Grayson <laughs> Allen is definitely I, – I think Grayson is definitely catching up. Yeah, I mean, geez, th- this guy, like, he just – like, can't you take a hit, man? People, people are going to freak out about this. Um, but yeah, he had some sort of shoving thing tonight. Uh, what, what, what happened with that? Well, he was walking back to the Duke bench and he kind of walked through, um, the NC state players and he kind of bumped into one of them and the kid kind of nudged him a little bit. And then Alan just shoved him out of the way and just kept walking. But you know, in, in, a, when, in, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I, I don't know what's wrong with this kid. I really don't. Um, he, you, it, all eyes are on him. So why would you do that? Just keep walking. Move, move, go around. I mean, I just don't get it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it is a crazy situation. I'll be interested to see if anything happens out of this. Um, but, but yeah, as far as Duke goes, though, as a team, you know, 
preseason number one, everyone's talking about how this yeah. team's going to be unstoppable. They're 15 and yeah. five. They lost three of the last four. Um, is it time to hit the panic button on Duke or, or what's going on here? I, 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 I'm almost there, Tom, honestly, you know, it starts with the, with the recruiting class. You know, I mm. think this recruiting class has been disappointing times a thousand. I mean, these mm. guys were one of the best, one of the best recruiting classes, you know, that I can, that I can think of. And it's just been an absolute disaster. Uh, you know, Giles just doesn't look right. I don't know if he's still not healthy. Um, you know, Tatum is starting to come on a little bit, but Bolden has been non-existent. So I really think people uh, thought, you know, this recruiting, recruiting class, excuse me, was going to uh, – it would make this team, you know, great, and it just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens. I mean, I'm never going to count out Duke, certainly, you know, Obviously, they're just immensely talented this year, um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, if Grayson Allen's Milton down, uh, it's hard to feel too confident about about them. Yeah, you um, know, I just don't – Tom, one quick thing. I just don't think it's their year. You know, it's like the recruiting class has been a disappointment. You got the Grayson Allen situation. Coach K's not, you know, out with an injury. So, I don't know. It just feels like it's not their year this year. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, but moving on to – from the biggest of stages to a little bit of a smaller stage here. Um, let, let's talk about Gonzaga for a couple minutes. Um, sure. 19 and 0. Uh, they just keep winning. Um, Ken Palm has them number one right now. I don't know if that'll change by the end of the night, but uh, they're number one. Um, how good is this team? Because uh, I, I remember a couple years ago, um, I don't remember. It was the year they, were had, they had a number one seed, and I remember thinking the whole time, you know, this team's a fraud. They're going to get exposed. Yeah. They almost they almost lost in the first round, and then they went down in round of 32. Um, is this yeah. the same as that team, or is this team for real? No, no, this team is absolutely for real, in my opinion, Tom. Um, I've been sold on them since the get-go. Uh, they're number one in my power rankings uh, for the last two weeks. Um, you know, and we always get the argument, well, they're not battle-tested. They're not battle-tested. You know, they do play in the WCC. I think that does affect them somewhat. But, you know, they've beaten Arizona. They beat Iowa State. Um, you know, they've beaten a lot of good teams this year. And I don't really see any, like, serious holes on this team. You know, they have the backcourt with Goss, uh, Matthews, and Perkins. And up front, Karnowski, Collins is playing excellent, the freshman. So, I really I really like this team a lot. I think they're a legit national title Final Four contender this year. Yeah, that, that would be exciting. I mean, because it seems like they've achieved everything except that Final Four under few. And uh, yeah. if they could, if they could get it that year, this year, that would that would certainly be uh, pretty notable, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're on, the most complete oh, team in the country. Sorry. Oh no, no problem at all. Um, but yeah, that that will. I'm I'm excited to watch them. I mean, obviously there probably won't be a bunch much to pick up on here in the next month or so as they largely face yeah. uh, <laughs> pretty beatable teams for them. <laughs> yeah, they'll uh, destroy everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did want to before before we get to that behemoth of a game between Kentucky and Kansas this weekend. Um, I did yeah. want to hit on on the Big Twelve, which has just been uh, really phenomenal from top to bottom. I mean, yeah. everybody seems like they're good. Uh, just every it, it, like everybody has three losses except Kansas and Baylor. Um, what do you make of the Big Twelve? Because this thing just seems stacked. Yeah, you know, I think coming into the season, I thought a lot of people thought the ACC was by far the best conference. 
I think the Big 12's kind of, you know, caught them a little bit. Um, I think, in my opinion, it's the deepest conference in, in the country. I mean, there's really only – I even think Oklahoma State's a pretty good team, and they're sitting at two and six. Uh, right now, I think probably Texas isn't very good, but anybody else, you know, even Oklahoma's playing better. You know, it, it really is, I think, the deepest conference in the country. And then you have, you know, Kansas, Baylor, and West Virginia at the top. Well, I think all three are Final Four caliber teams. So, I mean, it, it's just an excellent conference this year. Well, I mean, it, I, I'm just going to throw this out there for our listeners. Uh, Oklahoma State, who is rated 27 on Ken Palm, so 20, 27. Uh, the Big Ten has, uh, let's see, how how many teams in the the top twenty seven here? I think two. Um, wow. The, yeah, there are two. So they would be third in the Big Ten in efficiency. They are two and six in the Big Twelve, and <laughs> probably going to get beat down by half these teams. I mean, it's just insane to me. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be excited to watch this, um, unfold. We'll see if Kansas can repeat for like the hundredth year in a row as, as big 12. Kansas. I think they will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like it's just impossible to beat them. Uh, but speaking of Kansas, uh, they got a bit of a game, uh, this weekend. Uh, they're going on the road to face Kentucky. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, obviously the matchup kind of speaks for itself, but uh, you have any early thoughts about who you think is going to win or, or what to expect out of this one? Well, um, you know, experience is absolutely everything in college basketball. And, and I, I lean Kansas in this matchup. You know, I think it's going to be very competitive, but, you know, I like their guard play, you know, Frank Mason, Devontae Graham. And, uh, and also um, we got to watch out for De'Aaron Fox because he was in a walking boot on Saturday and it looks like he's going to play, but, you know, let's see how effective he is. But just an unbelievable matchup. Um, you know, I mean, how much talent is going to be on the floor <laughs> for this game? I, you know, it, it's a great game. Um, you know, Frank Mason looks like one of the top five players in the country right now. So it'll be interesting to see him match up with Fox and, you know, Josh Jackson and whatnot. Just a lot of talent on the floor. Just an exciting game. Yeah, I mean, there's just a ridiculous amount of talent. I mean, I'm I'm so excited to to see that uh, see that yeah. game. Um, if they if they said is that that's a night game, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that one's gonna be great. I remember last year's one was just a complete classic. It was such a battle um, yeah. between Kansas and Kentucky there. But uh, but yeah, well, Tony, I, I appreciate your thoughts here. Um, before we let you go, any any thoughts on the Big Ten here as we kind of get to the, the money section of the season? Well, you know, I was actually talking about talking about the Big Ten earlier tonight with somebody, and I, I don't think I don't think it's as bad as people think. I think um, it's getting <laughs> a bad rap right now because they don't really have an elite team. But um, you know, I think there's you know six seven teams in the mix for 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 a NCAA bid. Will they get that many? I don't think so, but. Um, I like the league. I think it's uh, pretty balanced. Um, I think Wisconsin and Purdue are, you know, obviously on top right now. Um, but, you know, Minnesota looks like they're okay. They're struggling a little bit. But I, I like the conference as a whole, honestly. I, I'm a little bit higher than people than other people on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the Big Ten is clearly down this year. I mean, just from the fact yeah. they don't have some unstoppable power and, and really they only have two really good teams. Um, but – I, I think the bottom has improved. I, I think it's it's clearly shown that anybody can beat anybody on any any night. I mean, 
look no farther than yeah. Nebraska. Uh, but uh, it, it's been a while. I like Iowa, um, yeah, I mean, I I think Iowa gets really undersold, and they're just such a young team. It, it's so hard for them to have the consistency, especially on the road. But how did, uh, how did Peter Jock get left off Wooden Twenty Five? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh man, just classic media voters. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, well, Tony, before I let you go, um, why don't you tell our listeners where they can follow you and, and what kind of stuff uh, they can expect? Uh, sure. Um, again, my name's Tony Patelis. Um, I run the college shoot news, Twitter feed at college shoot news. Um, I, I cover every, all, all types of college basketball, um, ask me any questions anytime. Um, and I also do uh, two Periscope chats a week. Um, if I can just jump on that real quick, Wednesday nights at 6:30 Eastern time and Sunday nights at 7:30. Uh, it's a it's an open discussion. I take questions. We we cover all topics. It's really a great time. You should probably give it a listen. Definitely. Well, Tony, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, as a reminder to everyone, that was Tony Patelis um, on Twitter, College Hoop News. If you love college basketball, follow him. Great. Great info, um, and really, he, he's on there all the time updating it. Um, the guy just lives for college basketball. But with that, that's the end of our podcast uh, this time. Hopefully, we can get back sooner than last time. Um, as always, I'm Thomas Bendit, manager of BT Powerhouse. You can follow me on Twitter, at TBendit. Really highly recommend checking out BT Powerhouse right now. we got a lot of great content up there, as we will for the rest of the season. And otherwise, we will see you guys next.